0: Welcome back, and thanks for listening and making a commitment to your learning. We hope that you are doing well. We're hosts, I'm Yvonne Brandenburg, and I'm finally rejoined <laughs> by my co-host, Mrs. Jordan Porter. What up, girl? i been like taking like, I don't know, six weeks off. <laughs> I know. I was like, well, this is kind of convenient, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I know you had a ton of kids stuff to do, and you had some conferences
1: you were at, and I was, yeah, very ha- uh, conference jealous, but that's okay. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I've, it's been a busy. I mean, like, um, no, it's April now, so March just kind of like flew by without me even like. I don't know why. It was, like ever since the end of February, ever since my conference, I've just been like balls to the walls crazy. Like it just, yeah. But like at the same time, like now that I'm, now that I'm sitting here, I don't really know, like, what I've done.
0: Uh, uh, so, here you on that, oh my god, I get you, totally get you on that, yeah. i been working I, a lot,
1: I guess, like, it's still that problem of, I have too many jobs, <laughs> like,
0: well, and you, and you had a new job, and I feel like, I don't know, dude, like, it takes you, well, it takes me anywhere from, like, three to four months to finally get to like a normal rhythm ish type yeah thing. which is
1: about where I'm at now with the new job yeah and,
0: yeah. and then it still takes a couple of months to like settle in but you got a new role yeah so it's like you're kind of starting over from scratch again
1: yep this yeah the past like two weeks I've been like kind of restarting trying to figure out and then my schedule's changing too so it's just like hopefully after like Three to four months from now, I'll be settled.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? Oh, my God. Seriously. I guess we'll see. So funny.
1: I got more chickens. I don't think I've told you. Oh, God. You have more chickens now? Yeah, we got 15 more chickens. (laughs) What? they're super I cute, can't though.
0: even with
1: you know, so they're different they're different breeds though and some of them are so freaking friendly like we go outside and they'll like hop in our laps and stuff like that and like <laughs>
0: oh my god how funny
1: And my brother called me today he got his chickens today so he was bragging about his chickens that he got
0: <laughs> <laughs> so amazing I know I um last weekend was that? yeah that was last weekend wow time flies so yeah, the reason so kind of I know. I went to my cousin's house. um, She's technically in Missouri, but it's like really close to the Kansas border, right? Yeah. Missouri. Yeah. And um, she has like a 20 acre piece of land. And on there, she's got a couple, she's got like two cows. I think she has five pigs and they're not just like regular pigs. They're called cooney pigs. I guess they're from New Zealand and they're kind of a rare breed. I don't know. She was telling me all about it, but um, they're hilarious. And then she had some chickens that were also some fancy breed. I don't even know, dude. Like it's, I don't know. I'm like cows, chickens, <laughs> pigs. Yay. Um. Yeah. But it was super fun to just kind of hang out. And it was, it's one of those things where. The last time I visited her, she lived in like a suburb, but this time she's out in the country. And this is kind of what I think of, like when I think Kansas and Missouri is this country. Thing. Yeah. Right. And, and like, she had this porch and I sat on the porch at night and you all I could hear house? is like frogs and like the distant train. Like it was just, it was so different from here. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I need to move out of in the love? area, <laughs> but it's, it's I don't crazy. know if I can move to the middle of the country.
1: Even my husband today was kind of like, you know, we probably should get a cow. And I was like, yes. Ah!
0: <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God. I can't even imagine like, that's such, you guys, you guys are crazy.
1: Well, Cause I think we've <laughs> already already come to the realization that like we'll never take vacation again like we have too many animals so so we won't ever take vacation again because yeah you're
0: gonna have to have like a vet tech come vacation at your place I know I know otherwise no you're not going anywhere
1: (laughs) no so we just plan on not going anywhere and then so we'll just get more animals anyway
0: (laughs) oh my god you're so crazy but you have to plan to go places like uh all of our conferences we're doing yeah but Um, that's without
1: the I am. That's just me.
0: That's true. Yeah. I
1: get to travel. My husband gets to stay and take care of all the animals.
0: <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So, like just for example, since we're talking about conferences, um, we actually we set up a new page on our um website, so internal medicine for Um, if you go to that slash events, um, you can see kind of all the stuff that we have planned. Um, we're trying to try, we'll try to keep that updated. Um, just like this year, I'm going to be at the San Diego County Veterinary Medical Association, the end of April on the 24th. Um, so that's one place where you'll see me, Jordan and I are both going to be at the ACVIM forum June, what is it? 22nd through 25th. And then Mm -hmm. you have a lecture. I have a lecture. Plus we have a bunch of, um, Academy stuff that we're doing that week um and then i do the uc irvine conti forum end of july i don't know i'm just excited that like conference season is back and like in person because
1: yeah right? i missed, I I missed it so bad <laughs> yeah i had fun in ohio i gave it a lot of crap for being cold and like snowy but like i had a lot of fun
0: i got to see yeah. people
1: that i went to school with oh fun yeah so we reminisced about how I got my dog from vet tech school and um, <laughs> we like, holy crap, she's still alive. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so.
0: Because is that, is that Dolce?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. That's crazy.
1: She's old. How old is,
0: how old is she now?
1: She's like, she's got to be somewhere between like 17 and 19. I actually think she's probably close to 19 because when Ooh. I got her, it was 15 years ago, and she was between three and four. So, holy moly, yikes!
0: All right, so your dog is as old as my cat.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> nice, with no end in sight right now. Right? Oh God. Love them dearly, but oh, old animals. Gonna, Jeez, Louise. It's good. That that's going to be a tough one though, because she's like she was like my first dog. Oh like, man. On my own. So that's crazy. Yeah, he's our first but like animal at the same time arm. I've been preparing myself for like the past five years. <laughs> <Literally> <laughs> right?
0: So this year he may not make it. And you're like, oh, made it another year.
1: <laughs> yeah, yep. basically. That's just how it keeps going. And then I'm like <laughs> Man, five
0: years. So true. Um we had one review that came through. Um, so I wanted to say it because it's awesome. Um, so it says absolutely amazing. Hey guys, just wanted to pop by and leave an A plus review. Um, I've been working in veterinary medicine as an assistant, large and small for 10 plus years. I have not found a podcast or any educational information as entertaining, worthwhile, and useful as this one. (laughs) We have everyone fooled. I know, right? (laughs) I currently work in a specialty and emergency clinic in my state and absolutely love it. Your casts have definitely aided in clarifying and helping understand the difficult cases that come in and out of the clinic. Originally started with the cardiology series and had to start back at the beginning. I'm sorry. That's a lot of episodes. (laughs) Uh, Currently trying to get seated in a VMT program so I can further my career. Keep doing what you're doing, Shelton. Thank you, Shelton. Says P.S. I've referred every tech nurse and assistant to this podcast that I come by. (laughs) Thank you. Um, so definitely, Sheldon, um, if you hear this at some point, send us an email so we can get you stickers because we do have stickers because um, thank you for the review. And then because we have to legitimize our podcast, yeah, we finally, after two years, got a one-star review finally. and all it says is one word, unlistenable. So for all of you that listen to us, just know that we're unlistenable and yeah. Um, <laughs> We'll take that as a badge of honor. and Just be like we're legitimate.
1: <laughs> yeah, they say you don't succeed until you get that bad review. So <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> We've made so, it.
0: We definitely totally made it. So, yeah. Anyways, I'm not I'm not tripping about that one review because you guys that give us amazing reviews. I don't know. There's there's a lot of you, <laughs> so I'm gonna say that totally outweighs this one review. And that's all yeah. yeah um anything else we need to we need to talk about before we jump into the episode
1: no i don't think so
0: all right
1: we're talking about kind of one of my favorite diseases that's not really a disease because it's more of a symptom <laughs> <laughs> um, disease
0: was it well actually it's a clinical sign right? It's the clinical sign. Yes. Mm, it's a clinical
1: yeah. sign of disease. Anyway, we're talking about leaky guts, protein losing enteropathy, um, or PLE or as you'll PLE. probably hear us refer to it by during this episode, but PLE is defined as the loss of protein from the intestines due to intestinal disease. So again, it has its own like section in a lot of books. Uh, right. <laughs> but uh it's actually like I said like a clinical sign of disease. Um so typically what happens is there is a decrease in protein concentration. Typically it's going to be uh albumin serum albumin level so hypoalbuminemia. Um and sometimes this can be also accompanied by hypoglobulinemia. I don't know why I said it like mm. that. <laughs> 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 globulins. Um, and it's strictly like what happens is like any condition leading to abnormal protein loss that occurs within the intestines versus our like PLN or protein losing nephropathy is protein mm. loss in the kidneys. Um, this is protein loss in the intestines. Um, it's considered PLE, but if the If the albumin level is not decreased, sometimes this protein loss will be occurring, but it goes unnoticed because that serum protein level is not decreased yet. Sometimes you'll have a decrease. So you could have leaking guts without it
0: not being so significant that it's decreasing your protein levels
1: yet. Correct. Like your protein levels are decreased, but not like to the point not like below normal yes all right all right isn't that cool i mean not cool because like we could potentially (laughs) it's a dorky cool yeah so but uh any intestinal disease technically if severe enough can actually result in ple so this means like intestinal parasite burden um Mm -hmm. i mean we'll talk about it a little bit more of what diseases can lead to ple a little bit. Um, but typically what happens is like, there's a disruption of the intestinal lining. We've talked about PLN before. So we've talked about how like the glomerulus, like the, the filtration system in the kidney becomes like the, the holes become too large and protein begins to leak out. So that's kind of what happens in the, well, that is what happens. Not kinda, that is what happens in the intestines as well. That the, the lining, the intestinal lining, typically the mucosal barrier, will lose its ability to hold in that protein Mm.
0: because proteins remember proteins are large molecules in the blood vessels Mm -hmm. so our guts are lined with capillaries because other that's how it absorbs things so if those holes are too big that's when we're losing protein and then other stuff as well so
1: but as we kind of said in the very very beginning, PLE is classified as being a syndrome rather than its own disease. Even though, again, it's in a lot of textbooks, almost like it's its own its its own disease. And then um, diseases that have been found to cause PLE in dogs mostly, because it's diagnosed more commonly in dogs than it is in cats. I don't know if I've ever seen a cat with PLE. Have you?
0: Ugh. Not that I can remember because it's usually something else that has fluid in a cat's abdomen because that's what I think of with PLE. Um, yeah. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever seen a cat with it. So some of the diseases that can cause um, PLE because, and we've talked about some of them and we're going to talk about others. So uh, inflammatory bowel disease, which we which we talked about, can't even remember what episode number that is, but. Many ago. <laughs> it's been, it's been a while. (laughs) Um, we talked about intestinal cancers, um, but ones we haven't talked about, which we probably will hear soon. So intestinal lymphangiectasia, um, uh, uh, GI ulcerations. So again, we're eroding our mucosal membranes, some fungal infections, intussusception, and then like jordan mentioned already um gi parasites so we've got a lot of different inflammation and just you know disruption of mucosa that can cause protein losing neuropathy. so
1: yeah so why is the loss of protein bad though like I'll, we've we've <laughs> talked about it before in our pln episode that albumin's largely responsible for holding fluid within the blood vessels um and it it does so by contributing to intravascular on, oncotic pressures. So like when there's low blood oncotic pressure, it can lead to the accumulation of fluid outside the blood vessels because our protein levels are leaking and not able to hold that fluid within the vessels. Like it should be able to, um, which is why I yeah. see that. Yeah. And we depth. kind
0: of, we talked about it because we had a fluid, uh, IV fluid episode too, right? Because we talked about... Yeah crystalloids versus colloids and all that stuff. And, and that's, I mean, that's the same thing when we're talking oncotic pressures, right? We, we have that protein that holds that fluid in the vessels and keeps it from leaving the blood vessels, which is the biggest thing that we see with PLE and PLN is when we start having fluid accumulate and we have edema and we have ascites and all sorts of crazy stuff, but we'll we'll talk about that. I'm sure. Yes.
1: Yeah. So as I said, um, it occurs more commonly in dogs than it does in cats, but it can really affect any age, any breed, any sex of dog can develop. I've seen one year olds with PLE, I've seen 13 year olds with PLE, I've mm. seen large breed dogs, I've seen small breed dogs, like I've seen it literally any breed. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I can't think of one specific breed that I'm like, yeah, definitely that one has PLE. Like
0: no. I, I think all of my PLA patients are very different. Yeah. I mean, I definitely like, so there's a list here, right? You have Yorkies, uh, and Terriers, Norwegian Lundehunds, Huns and Basenjis. I've definitely seen a fair share of Yorkies with it. Yeah, for sure. But and I also
1: think, kind of, but I feel like I've seen a lot of pit bulls and like, yeah, a lot of lab mix things and like,
0: Yeah. I'm trying like the, the ones that I've seen that were bad and just really difficult to control. Um, I had a German short
1: hair pointer. Um, she German shepherd too. I've had a really bad German shepherd.
0: Oh yeah. Same. And then the other one was, uh, he was a great Pyrenees mix. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know if I've seen a Wheaton or a Basenji with it. Doesn't mean that that isn't common, but
1: you know, I've definitely seen a Wheaton. I don't think I've seen Basenjis. I've seen Basenjis with Fanconi syndrome, but that's common for the breed. Right? Same. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess I would say Yorkies because I've definitely seen a few and yeah. And of the breeds I've seen, that one's probably the most common, but I mean, that's marginal. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. I would say either Yorkie or like a pit. It's is probably the most common thing i've seen i don't think i've seen a pit bull with it which is really funny really
0: yeah hmm huh. anyways
1: <laughs> anyways um <laughs> You can you guys can kind of take a stab at like what the clinical signs are. If we're talking GI disease, right. we're going to, we're going to be having vomiting, diarrhea, weight loss. Um, a lot of times we'll have like a so muscle loss as well. Mm. Um, this, a lot of times these patients don't typically have like a decreased appetite. They'll, they might be like a little bit of a picky eater, but, or they'll have a normal appetite, but still have that weight loss and muscle loss. Um, it's important to note though, that some dogs might not vomit or have diarrhea, um, and they might not always present with weight loss, but other clinical signs can be due to that. We, that we see that we're like, yeah, we know what this is, is going to be like our edema, our or our pleural effusion. Um, and that's going to occur when there's lo- that severe loss of serum proteins, especially our albumin, uh, our physical exam findings are going to reveal weight loss. Like we kind of already talked about. So this is Soapbox. <clears throat> Not that I've done this one before, but please weigh every patient at every visit. <laughs> well, I will, I will counter though.
0: Sometimes there isn't weight loss because there's a lot of fluid.
1: Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so true. you
0: may have a normal weight, but then your body condition score is different, right? Cause yeah, you've got exactly. muscle wasting, but then it's like super pot bellied or peripheral edema, but yeah. Ooh.
1: Yeah. And sometimes you can, uh, auscultate like decreased lung sounds too, due to pleural fluid, which, or crack. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, again, we can have edema and typically this is going to be in like ventral parts of the body. Like, so the hocks is a lot of times gravity, Yeah, (laughs) the lower parts of the body. Uh, and then a lot of times too, abdominal palpation will reveal that that wonderful (sighs) fluid wave and that doughy belly that we like to (laughs) feel so much uh enlarged organs enlarged lymph nodes or thickened bowel loops especially thickened bowel loops
0: yeah Um, and I've seen it um we've had a couple of of animals because their bellies are so distended with all the fluid that they're like um, yeah crazy taut and then um like get like a little ulceration on like their belly button because it's like rubbing yeah, on the I'm floor, the floor. Yeah. and then it kind of leaks fluid and the clients are freaking out. And you're like, well, got a lot of fluid up in there. So yeah. come in sooner. Yeah. Come in sooner, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> please follow the directions exactly like we tell you to. <laughs> yeah. Cause some of these guys can be really difficult to control. Like it, it just yeah. depends on their disease process. So,
1: and it really depends. Like a lot of them depend on if you can actually like get the diarrhea under control. So the one really bad case I had was a German shepherd and like, we couldn't get the protein loss under control. Cause we couldn't get the diarrhea under control mm. and like the dog just would not gain weight, which we, we threw everything at it. And we, we did fecal transplants and everything and just couldn't get that diarrhea under control. It was yeah it was a tough situation that was that those ones suck because like you know the quality of life just isn't stellar like yeah
0: yeah and we'll talk about it in treatment like some of the different options and yeah hopefully you don't have the really bad cases i hate the really bad cases i hate the really bad cases
1: because otherwise like it's like oh cool i can just throw steroids at them and they'll be right
0: (laughs) (laughs) and then they do great and the owners are so amazed yeah
1: yeah um
0: are so different differential
1: Yeah, it's gonna be every GI disease possible.
0: <laughs> uh, so true. Oh my god. As
1: well as like even like liver disease, or uh, if you have a cat with it, like you're gonna have on their FIP, mm, you're gonna have heart failure on the list, you're gonna have PLN, PLN on the list. <laughs> on the list. Uh, yeah. but typically a lot of these patients will have very non-specific signs of GI disease. And then what's going to make the difference that we'll kind of talk about a little bit lower in, in diagnostics, but we're going to want to see that albumin concentration level below 2.0 grams per deciliter. Um, but when it gets that low, there's a failure of the liver to produce albumin. So again, you can have hepatic insufficiency that can also cause low protein as well. Uh, you can see Loss of protein through severe derm diseases, which is crazy. I mean, like, I've seen it before, but oh, like, it's yeah, my mind that I'm like, their skin is so bad that they're losing protein.
0: Mm-hmm. Again, you can
1: have a loss from the kidneys as well, uh, loss from the intestines, as we said already. Uh, but three possible causes that need to be ruled out are like, there needs to be an increased fecal protein to really. Drive home the ple. So basically, you're finding the protein mm. in the stool. Yeah, which I don't know if I've ever tested stool for fecal protein, but I don't think I have. Um, it makes it sound so simple. Like it makes it sound like oh, I know. Yeah, like, can, where do I send that to? <laughs> I know it's one of the. I I read it and I was like, I need to do more. I'm sure Tamu has something like that.
0: Right. If if anybody, it's going to be Tamu for sure yeah <laughs> Yep. um the other thing too with the differentials like you kind of mentioned it but just make sure that we're doing our basic gi stuff which we talked about in our other episodes so you know is this food related is it um parasites is it you know so. <laughs> what was that
1: I said jinx, jinx. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> the at the same
0: time. Oh, do we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we just need to make sure that we're, we're covering all of our basics while, you know, then doing like the more invasive diagnostics, but just like the basics need to be done to, to kind of help with figuring out what the underlying disease is. Cause that's going to be the biggest thing is, is treating that underlying disease to help prevent the protein loss. Um and when we're doing diagnostics, like it's it's our general internal medicine diagnostics, right? <laughs> so, so we do a biochemistry. We're gonna make sure yes, our albumin level is low. So anything typically below 2.0. Um they do like a lot of the reference material does say you, you want to have albumin and globulins that are decreased for these dogs because of just how it functions. Um, so just, just know that typically it's both of them decreased and not just albumin, but when we're treating, that's what we're
1: looking at is the albumin level. Um, and it's very common for the globulins to not be decreased. Like, yeah, they can even actually be increased. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, globulin, because the body does try to like balance things, right? So globulins are just other types of proteins. So Um, But yeah, you know, references do say they both should be decreased, but take that with a grain of salt.
1: And you want to look at your kidney numbers and stuff like that too, right? So like we look at kidney values and our liver values to rule out those issues. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, CBC is going to be pretty boring. It's going to be pretty normal.
0: Yeah. CBC should be boring and normal. (laughs) (laughs) If not, then that might send you down a road of a differential diagnosis. So like, if you have like a high eosinophils, you might Mm -hmm. be worried about like intestinal parasites or, you know, so you can look at that too. Or Or if you're like anemic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you're anemic, maybe you've got like a GI bleed and
1: that's, you know, part of it too. So like you can see, but. Your white count's high and maybe you're low and you're septic. Oh yeah. Oh, like a perforated foreign body oh oh i hate those god yeah you're gonna want to do a acids level too just because again you want to rule out that there's any hepatic dysfunction that's causing the leaky leakiness x-rays because you're going to want to look for ascites and pneumonia and pleural effusion um foreign bodies (laughs) foreign bodies yeah (laughs) ultrasound because it's our favorite tool to use and i am uh and you can measure the thickness of the bowels you can look at the fluid and tell it's echogenicity you can look at the kidneys and measure those make sure they look all right make sure there's no like biliary obstruction or renal obstruction that's causing the backup um i love ultrasound measure the liver make sure the liver's normal yeah yeah Yeah. ultrasound's the best yeah (sighs) (laughs) And then, like a lot of times, too, ultrasound will lead us to a uh, synthesis of that fluid to evaluate mm-hmm. its protein level, um, which is what we do more often than checking fecal protein levels. So, <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> ultimately, if you have suspected PLE, you're going to want to get evaluation of those intestinal biopsies, usually, typically done via scope. Uh, but sometimes it can be done laparoscopically as well. Uh, and that's gonna be our most informative test to kind of tell us what type of inflammation is invading the intestines.
0: And just, just as a reminder too, when you're dealing with a patient with low proteins, make sure you understand that a lot of the proteins are what carry the drugs. So you may need to adjust your anesthetic protocol.
1: Um, yeah, these things definitely require anesthetic protocol adjustments because, too, like you yeah. have a tendency to have horrible blood pressure mm-hmm. and horrible clotting abilities.
0: <laughs> yes. So just be really careful. And that's part of the reason why we also typically don't do um, surgical GI, GI biopsies unless we really have to because. They just tend to not heal as well because they're low proteins and all that fun business. So we typically will do this with a, um, with the scope.
1: And technically the scoping should be an upper and a lower GI. So you're getting samples from all parts of the bowel. So you're getting your duodenum, your ileum, and your jejunum. Um, but again, this can be kind of a risky anesthetic procedure. And we'll talk about it in the cautions why like hint, hint, they could throw clots, uh, because of low protein (laughs) levels. So, um, sometimes to a definitive diagnosis isn't even made until we see a patient's response to treatment though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so treating, we treat the underlying cause. If we can find something else like parasites or whatever, obviously treat that kind of stuff. The other big part of treating for um, protein losing enteropathy is an ultra low fat, highly digestible diet. Um, So the one that is kind of the the go-to that's commercially available for my doctors tends to be Purina HA um, Mm -hmm. just because it, it does have that ultra low fat, you know, highly digestible. It's a novel protein, all that fun stuff. Um, but I've also, we've had several of them that have needed diets formulated by, um, by a nutritionist. So if you do work with these, hopefully you guys know of a veterinary nutritionist, boarded veterinary nutritionist um, that can maybe make a diet recommendation. Cause sometimes that's, that's what they need in mm-hmm. order to actually respond to treatment. Um, you can yeah. throw sometimes everything else at them. And if the diet isn't right, yeah.
1: Yeah, so. your food allergies too, that lead to this. So yeah. it's a bummer. Yeah. Um, when necessary, it's imperative to kind of do IV fluids that provide oncotic pressure support um, and then also help reduce fluid accumulation so what you're doing in the long run is stabilizing the dog's circulation Um, and then a lot of these patients because it's a it's a chronic hypoabunemia by the time we see them because they're full of fluid and full of edema and just full of all the all the fluid typically we have to supplement them with uh colloid support um just to help try to replenish that. So synthetic colloids are typically what we use, like Heta starch. Uh, Yeah, but if they've had
0: chronic low albumin, they've compensated. Like we, yeah, we don't we don't always like do IV support for these guys. No, no, I or at least when we get them. <laughs> by the time we, we get, them get them, when they're them.
1: pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where it's going to depend on like if they're not eating and vomiting and mm-hmm. diarrhea, yes, we keep them and yeah, we support yeah. them. But yeah. if they're still eating and like just having diarrhea and have ascites, like typically we try to do outpatient therapy for them.
0: Yeah. And we've actually had a couple of them, um, where they have so much fluid in their abdomen that we actually do, um, abdominocentesis just to pull some of the fluid off because yeah. the pressure of that fluid makes it so they don't want to eat. Cause it's like Squishing their actual stomach, but you gotta be
1: um, so we don't
0: take, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't take all of it out. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't take all of it out because then it causes all sorts of problems. But we do take some of it out just enough to basically make it so they feel like eating again. um And so that's it's not a long term solution, but it can be a temporary solution for some of these patients that just have like like these the, these are the abdomens that are really like solid and hard yeah. versus just like a little fluid wave. Totally yeah. different.
1: Yeah. There are human albumin solutions that are available on the market. Uh not always given just because there can be severe side effects due to immune reactions, just human dog xenotransfusions. You, know, um, yeah. you can I think you plasma. could do one, but I think
0: you can't do a second one, right? Is that correct?
1: Yeah. And then you can do plasma transfusions because as we know, frozen plasma has protein that you could technically administer, but it's not practical just because for it to actually provide an increase to their serum albumin levels, it's going to require a large amount to be given, um, which is cost prohibitive. And we still run the risk of fluid overload. So there's only so much you can try to put back in. Um, As I said, I was, I'll throw in my caution here, but these patients can develop PTEs or uh, pulmonary thromboembolism just because of a low protein level, Mm -hmm. typically protein Mm -hmm. levels below two. So a lot of these patients, if their protein or their serum albumin levels below that 2.0 grams per deciliter, they'll get started on low dose aspirin or clopidogrel just to reduce the risk of thrombosis. Um, and then also too, it's important with, with those patients too, to be very careful when placing IV catheter and really provide adequate care to those catheters, not placing unnecessary IV catheters, not poking the jugular vein, be careful where yeah. you're drawing blood and placing band-aids. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's one thing a lot of it's, it's almost simple to forget. Cause you're like, oh, well, it's not liver disease. I can poke this pet wherever but it has low albumin or you don't know it well, has low albumin. And it's, it, it can be one of those things where you go,
0: oh my gosh, there's so much peripheral edema. I can't find a vein. Right. And then I'm going to yes. go to the jugular vein. No, <laughs> that's that's you not don't. a great option. Um, and I can, I can tell you a quick trick on this one. I don't know if you've ever done this, but we've had some patients that have such severe edema, like you can't find a vein and you can do like a temporary, um, pressure bandage yeah. and I will start low on the leg and kind and of wrap it all up. the way up Yeah, um, and leave it on for like, I don't know, three to five minutes. Like you're not talking a long time, but um, what happens is it'll like squish the fluid out of that area. And then you quickly unwrap the bandage and get your blood sample because, <laughs> yeah. because the, the fluid will go right back. It'll settle back down. But it should give you plenty of time to like, see the vein, get your blood sample, put your pressure app on. Um, cause you have to so place a catheter. Yeah. Make sure your tape is loose. Yes. Cause yeah. I mean, like I do the whole like pinching it thing. So it like sticks to itself because what's yeah. going to happen is that fluid is going to go back in there and it needs to be able to expand. Like you don't want to place a tourniquet catheter. So just be aware that um there are some options for getting blood
1: or placing catheters on patients with edema. Yeah. Um you just those are the be patients careful. too that like once you poke them, like you get a flash of fluid. <laughs>
0: like- yeah. Oh and it leaks out of that spot for a little while because it's like yeah. the body
1: goes, Oh, there's a hole. I'm gonna leak out yeah. of it.
0: Get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so don't be surprised by that
1: either. <laughs> Yeah. Where you like draw clear fluid and you're like, ah, yeah. You're like, that's not what I wanted. Yeah. (laughs) And then a lot of these, a lot of these patients will have low serum vitamin B12 um, or our cobalamin concentrations. That's very common because again, cobalamin is absorbed within the intestines. And if the intestines aren't working properly, it's not going to absorb that B12 from the (laughs) new. nutrients that it's taking in. I was going to say, hopefully
0: by now, everybody knows if there's anything GI related, check your B12 levels.
1: Yeah. Um, and use it. You want to supplement these patients with sub Q injections typically to correct this, just because if they're having severe GI signs, if you try to give them an oral supplement of B12, they're still not going to absorb it as well. They might absorb it better than they can from like their food or their diet, but still not as well as they would absorb a sub Q injection.
0: And, and the, just,
1: if they're going to do the oral
0: version, do the unflavored, please. Don't well, use the chewable I, oh, flavored because one of, yeah, for, <laughs> yeah, because you. they may be allergic to it. And so that might be a problem because we've had some patients where they're like, oh, I just gave them the chewable. And you're like, don't use the chewable, please.
1: It goes for heartworm and flea prevention too. You're yeah. Like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of
0: things like don't use tubal antibiotics or any of that
1: because you're adding flavors in it.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Probiotics with beef and chicken flavor. Yeah, exactly. Um, So the other part of treating for PLE, just kind of like with any of our autoimmune stuff, right. um, Is you're probably going to be doing um, uh, immune suppresses doses of steroids. Um, So prednisone, prednisolone, um, we've actually had patients that because their GI disease was so bad, they actually got DEXSP injections um, mm-hmm. until like their albumin started to really kind of come up just because their guts weren't absorbing the steroids. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, kind of keep that in the back of your head that that might be something that you have to do is do injections, just like with our B12. Um, other immune suppressive drugs, so uh, Atopica because that's a gi drug mm-hmm. right um have you ever used
1: luceran
0: mm-hmm. yeah we've used luceran luceran or chlorambucil
1: yeah. um
0: you can do budesonide potentially um eventually yeah, for steroids like, pretty right? mild, like
1: for or like once the, it's
0: gotten under control
1: yeah yeah it's yeah. like more of a maintenance like of just keeping you healthy with the lowest possible medications that you can possibly do. Yeah.
0: And this is, I mean, this is hard because when we start, and again, depending on how bad it is, you know, it could be that we're, um, having to do some pretty high level immune suppressive drugs. Um, and so that's something just to make sure our clients understand that, handle with care. Um, we don't recommend raw food with these patients when they're on immune specific drugs. Mm -hmm. We don't recommend dog parks or, you know, puppy play dates, those kinds of things. So just kind of keep that in mind. And then if there's any like skin
1: wounds, yeah. 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 Skin stuff and like GI stuff and risk for parasites. Um, mm-hmm. and as we kind of already said to like, be careful with the flavorings that are in the heartworm and flea prevention, like they might have to switch over to like injectable pro heart, uh, probiotics. Cause a lot of these patients Topical. do go probiotics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Liquids. Um,
0: yeah. So we talked about the food. Um, so usually it's going to be a novel protein diet, um, or just like HA or, you know, a veterinary veterinary, a veterinary nutritionist made diet. Um, they may have to supplement other vitamins depending on how severe their guts are, you know, so that's, we might check magnesium levels or stuff like
1: that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do a fecal transplant if it's severe enough, just trying to really replenish that gut bacteria with normal gut flora and it's just not holding with probiotics. Um, yeah, but that doesn't occur very often yeah sometimes I feel we'll like that was like a bigger thing yeah, yeah sometimes we'll have to do like the, the typical diarrhea stuff um right <laughs> metronidazole and uh <laughs> powder things to control the bowel a little bit um because again as bacterial overgrowth can cause this too so yeah um, so kind of like I said, our, our caution is just being very aware that PLE can develop respiratory distress just due to clots moving to their lungs. Mm. So our PTEs. Um so what happens is the blood proteins, including our proteins that stop blood from spontaneously clotting, are lost in the intestines. And mostly, that is going to be our antithrombin. And when our antithrombin drops below normal, our our dogs are going to be at risk for developing uh, blood clots. So it's something to be aware of with <sighs> our PLE dogs.
0: And so. make sure clients
1: know what to look for. Um, mm-hmm. So like respiratory distress, coughing.
0: Yeah. Respiratory distress, coughing. Um, suddenly like painful limbs or a cold limb or limping or you know any of that stuff. Just make sure that they right. understand that that yeah. Yeah. Dragging. Make sure they understand that and and understand it's an emergency. Like they should be seen right away. That shouldn't be something that they wait for their next scheduled appointment for.
1: We had uh we had an IMHA. This is a long-term IMHA. She was such a good patient. And she lived for like seven or eight years after being diagnosed with IMHA and like relapsed several times. And, Mm. um, right towards the end of her, her wonderful little life, she threw a clot because she had low proteins because eventually all the IMHA meds started to affect her kidneys. So she was having protein loss. So we, we diagnosed Mm. her with PLN as well. And then towards the end, she threw a clot to her front leg and we're like, thank God it went to your front leg and not your lungs and Yikes. like uh but we treated her in the hospital for a week and she regained full movement and like it was crazy that dog had wow. probably 20 lives like
0: right? dog... <laughs> you're like i don't know how many lives you have but it's a lot
1: <laughs> it was a lot like that wow. the way that dog crazy. went through just every disease you could think of we're just like holy crap this port oh it was crazy and her parents loved her. She was obviously because <laughs> she stayed with us for multiple weeks, like multiple times. Like right, <laughs> so she's funny. such a good dog. It's the tip of the week. Tip of the week, I think, is going to be Yvonne's tip of if you need to draw blood on a severely <laughs> edematous patient, do a pressure wrap for three to five minutes and push that edema upwards, so that way you can feel and assess your vein and not yeah. Draw and severe. I mean. I would say to
0: go along with that, like, that's probably not the patient that you want people that are less experienced on, on just because you've got a limited time frame <laughs> of how long that fluid is not going to be there. So, um, you know, have someone that feels that's your, you know, good, You're good, good blood vessel person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now for the question of the week.
1: Has anybody ever seen a cat with PLE? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Because I really don't it, think I've ever You know, it's
0: probably gonna be a technician's cat, is what this is yes, gonna come back as.
1: Definitely. So <laughs> some listeners are gonna be like, yeah, my own cat. Like, yeah, of course. Of, course, of course. That's how it goes. <laughs> like, we totally thought it had FIP, but it turns out it was just PLE. Like, oh, I uh uh-huh. you ever wondered if cats are for possibly having FIP when it's really probably PLE? Interesting. Hmm. I bet you it's happened like in shelters and stuff like that interesting if anybody
0: if anybody knows like that would mean a misdiagnosis so that wouldn't be a thing (laughs) um
1: yeah interesting huh I'm curious just like because if you see the the, like hachexia and uh like just poor body condition score poor hair coat and then fluid in the abdomen like yeah, if anybody's heard of um, a cat with PLE. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm i sure that it really is going to be a text cat.
0: Oh, that's usually how it goes.
1: <laughs> cool. Anything else you can think of for this week? Other than welcome back, Jordan. <laughs> I know, right? I'm sorry I was like MIA for so long.
0: Oh, it's okay. Because honestly jenny and danny were amazing so hopefully you guys all got to listen to the oncology episodes they're they're such they're they're so smart <laughs> they're, they're so smart at what they do all right well um i guess that's it for this episode for this week
1: if you guys um, haven't figured it out we're restarting another gi series so we got new gi diseases coming to you um and next week we'll be talking more gi uh so it's all gonna try to play its role here together
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> we
1: try to be but-
0: all right guys well have a wonderful week um if you're gonna be at any of the conferences make sure to say hi because jordan and i will usually have stuff with us so uh have a good week. keep getting your learn on and uh we'll talk
1: to you soon bye, bye guys Bye.